8 and Malachi chapter 3. Second Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6. <clears throat> so we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to complete your share in this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, you have so much faith, such gifted speakers, such knowledge and such enthusiasm, and such a love for us. Now I want you to excel also in this gracious ministry of giving. In Malachi chapter 3, the church had gotten to a, a disobedient state. The church was in need of repentance. And in chapter 3, beginning with verse 6, it says, I am the Lord and I do not change. That is why your descendants of Jacob are not already completely destroyed. Ever since the days of your ancestors, you have scorned my laws and you have failed to obey them. Now return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty God. But you ask, how can we return when we've never gone away? Should people cheat God? Yet, you've cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you, God? He said, you've cheated me out of tithes and offerings due to me. You're under a curse, for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there may be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord God Almighty, and here's the title of the message. I will open the windows of heaven for you. You know, when we think about the believer and we think about being a believer and what Jesus did for us, you have to know that everything that Jesus did pointed to him being a giver. He gave his life so that you could have life. I promise you this. That when you step out of these old bodies and you walk into the life to come and you're a believer and you listen to either this pulpit or one of you that witnessed to somebody and that you led them toward the cross and they received Jesus and got saved, I promise you there will not be one who will ever say, I wished I hadn't have done that. You're going to shout like you've never shouted before. You're going to be so appreciative of what God has laid out for us on the other side. And yet, for some reason or another, there's been something go wrong, especially with our younger generation. Because I hear things like this. The only way you're going to get the younger generation to give is give them a visual. The only way you're going to get people today to give anything to God and be a giver is they got to see it. I got a problem with that. 
While this house, I'm sure, and I hope is full of believers. I hope that there's people in here saying, you know what? I love Jesus with all my heart, and I'd do anything for God. But you haven't seen him. As a matter of fact, the Scripture says, no man has ever seen the Father. Now, if we're only going to give and be a giver or be a part of the gracious ministry of God based on what we see, the church is in serious trouble. Because somehow we, have, we either have to accept what the Bible teaches or not. Now, now, Greg, look, I got it, guys. I got it. The Lord didn't give me a church to start off with that paid a lot of money. I got it. $105 a week. When I left there, I was working with the union back in 1976 with Batson and Cook building the, the five-point station. I was making $400 a week in 1976. I don't know, $400 a week may not, uh, for some of you go, I wish I could make that. But, but for a person today who's got a good education, got a good job, $400 a week isn't much. But I promise you in 1976 and 77 when my wife and I got married, she was already an RN at, at DeKalb Medical. She was making a couple hundred dollars a week every other not an RN, an L, L learning PN, whatever those are, learning, not an RN. She didn't go long enough to be an RN. I told her she couldn't be one anyway. I said, because we're going in the ministry and you can't be in the hospital every weekend. Of course, we're around sick. Well, anyway, that's another turn. I got it. It was easy to give the $15 a week. That was a tithe and an offering. But let me tell you something, friends, and and you, you kids listen to me because my preacher when I was young, my home pastor was Brother Hugh Gilbert. That was Miss Mabel's husband. Now they're together in glory. He said, Mike, and this is what I taught Joe and Josh now, and, and I'm, if I'm lying, I'm dying. We won't talk about any lightning bolts. I said, boys, if you will commit yourself, just like he taught me, to tithing your income and giving an offering, you will have the windows of heaven opened up into you, and there will be a blessing, which means a divine approval of God Almighty on your life that I promise you, if he doesn't bless you, God is a liar. Now, that's what the book says. Now, is it easy to give when you only make $100 a week? No. It wasn't easy then. It ain't easy now. When money came into our house, we set it aside. A tithe plus a little offering. Guys, this is a 27-year journey for me here at Solid Rock. Today, I don't know what came in in the offering, but I'll tell you this much. It's got to be better than it was when we started. Because when we started, there was about $100 or $200 that might come in the offering plate. Now, that paid the rent. Where we met, that didn't take care of nobody. 
27 years, I've looked at this, and I'm going, God, if the people of this church would get a grasp, a hold of this truth, and not live in rebellion, and not live in disobedience, my goodness, what we would be able to do as a church. But I know what it is to be tight. I know what it's like to not have a lot of money. But you see, tithing and giving an offering, it doesn't matter how much you make. It's just what you do with what you have. If we give according to the Lord God Almighty and what he teaches and declares, it is he who says he will open the windows of heaven for you, pour you out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. I don't know about you. I kind of like that. Why is it that the more we get, the more we worry? You ever thought about that? Why is it that the more we get and the more God blesses us, it seems like we're always more inside churning and burning about it? When, we, when my wife and I were doing 105 a week, I had two kids, and I was in Bible college. I didn't even think about where the next money or meal was coming from. I didn't think about it, Mike. Now, when I shouldn't think about it, I worry about it. I don't get it, do you? Let me tell you what we worry about. We worry about what we can't see or we can't manipulate. But now, listen to this. If I turn around on stage and I look back for 27 years, and this represents 27 years of solid rock because that's, that's a good part of my life. I'm 61. In 27 years, that, that's almost half of it here. But then I had 10 others as the pastor, and this other rep represents the other 10. I had, when I look back at it now, I'm, I'm saying when I look back at it, I had no reason whatsoever ever to worry one bit. Why? Because God honored his word. Now, if you were to tithe your income and give an offering, if you think I'm going to sit here and promise you that you're going to make a million dollars, I would not do such a dumb thing like that. Number one, I've been very faithful at it, and I don't have a million dollars. As a matter of fact, you know my greatest worry, and I find I'm, I'm trying to discover for myself what my greatest worry is, is the future. It's the unknown. What am I going to do, Mike, when I hit 65? That's four years away from me. Now, I know ain't nobody in here worrying about none of that stuff because you've done put back your $2 million in the bank. Well, I just got news for you. I haven't. And I opted out of Social Security when I was 19 years old. So I have it. But you know what brings me peace? I look back at the 37 years that I should have been worried. And I didn't. And God took care of me. So does he honor his word? Yes, he does. I'm living testimony here today that God will take a dumb country bumpkin from Tennessee and put him in a foreign country 
I'll leave that one right there where she stays. Why is it, if this is true, see, I don't really know because I don't know who gives what. I know I went and got my tie check today, and I went over and put it in the early morning service, and, and I know what I do, but I don't know what you do. I really don't. So, listen, whatever I say here this morning, I ain't got a lot of time to say a whole lot. If I, do I have permission to preach a little bit about this next week? Would y'all come? Have you been damaged so far emotionally? Because I, I try to make this interesting, and I try to make it, but I want to I make a point, so I may bring up some more this next week because I got six points, and I didn't make three in the early service. And I ain't doing a good job getting there on the first one. But anyway, why, if it's true that only 10% of a local church give or tithe to the church, And that means 90% of people don't. Why don't we? Let me ask you something. Some people have asked me, Mike, why do you go through such a pains with the food ministry? Why do you care about a medical clinic? Why do you give a rip about people getting clothing? Can Can I share a few verses that I read all the time that just, just get all over me, such as Proverbs nineteen seventeen. If you give and help the poor, you are lending to the Lord God Almighty, and He will repay you. Now, I don't do it to be repaid. I just don't. Proverbs twenty eight twenty seven says, Whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing. Did you hear that? Those who give to the poor will lack nothing. But a curse will come upon those who close their eyes to those in poverty. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-two says, Do not rob the poor or exploit the needy. Proverbs 22, verse 9 says, Blessed are those who are generous because they feed the poor. 2 Corinthians 8, 7 says, I want you to excel in the gracious ministry of giving. This is one way we prove our love to be real for God. 2 Corinthians 8, 12 says, God wants you to give what you have, not what you don't have. The Christian life is all about giving. It's it's all about giving of ourselves, giving of our talents, giving of our resources. And and I want to challenge you because I really do believe we're going through a a, a change a little bit in in the food ministry. and We need some help. You say, well, Mike, how can we help you? I'm glad you asked me. I don't believe in dual personality, but sometimes one's going on the stage all the time. I'll tell you how you can help me. You can help God. is to give $8 a month for one box. I heard the other day somebody said, you know what? I'd go get one of them boxes, but, and I need that box, but I'm embarrassed to go. Huh? Huh? I'm not embarrassed to sit down and eat. And I don't watch some of you eat that ought to be embarrassed. (laughs) And you don't look embarrassed. So why don't we do this? 
we're trying to come up with 500 people preparing for the future of, of, of leadership, preparing. We give boxes to, the, to, our, to our medical, I mean, to our uh, military who retired. We help those that don't have the money. Why don't you just give up one meal in a month and say, you know what? I'm going to give that to the food ministry. By the way, there's, there's a website established, willinghelpersministry.com. And I've made it so easy-friendly, <laughs> easy if you can't see that finger pointing down to the donate button. Because some people just don't get it. And if you need that box, ain't nobody going to ask you a question. Take it home and use it. If you don't, why don't you become a giver and give it away to somebody that needs it? What's wrong with that? There are all kind of myths to giving to Malachi 3, 8, and 10. One of the myths is tithing is an option. I asked the early service, and they sort of struggled with this, but the Bible says after you get saved, you immediately are supposed to do what? Be baptized. Now, that is not an option. That is a biblical command. Get saved and be baptized right? You're not going to hell if you don't get baptized. Jesus didn't set it up that way. He set it up as a matter of obedience. If you're going to obey me, I said, be saved and then be baptized. Let me tell you something. Tithing is just like that. You're not going to go to hell if you don't tithe, even though it probably would have. No, 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 no. You see, tithing don't save you, but it sure is, according to the Word of God, proof that you're in love with a God who did save you, who does care about you, who does give a promise that if you will do it my way, you will not have to be concerned. I heard somebody say one time, I was reading this illustration, it's talking about tithing and, and, and said, well, you know, if you tithe, uh, or if you don't tithe, then I tell you what, try it a month, and if it don't work, I'll see to it that whatever didn't work is taken care of. My wife this morning, I said, Cindy has made a promise that if you tithe for a month and you end up on the short end of the stick financially, she'll take care of the rest of it. Now, I got news for you. If you would trust what she, little she makes at her work, and you tithe because of that, it would be better off just to believe God at his word that he opened the windows of heaven and bless you with a blessing that you can't even receive. But why is it that we'll trust the flesh, but we won't trust God? By the way, God made all this available to us. <laughs> Some of us don't understand that the Bible teaches us that Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. I own everything about you. I own all your money. I own you. Now, and I get this for a minute. He's only asking back for 10%, right? Plus an offering. Why do we struggle with that? 
Why do we not want to have a window opened up in heaven, poured out in our behalf? Why? There was a rich dude standing at the end of a service, and the sanctuary was looking pretty bad. He stood up after the pastor made a plea to come raise some money to fix the plaster on the ceiling. He said, Preacher, I'll donate $1,000 get that, to get it fixed. All of a sudden, a piece of plaster fell, hit him in the head, and he stood back up and said, Pastor, I'll give 5000 Well, he no more said that, and a bigger chunk fell and hit him in the head. He said, tell you what, I doubled it, 10000 Then one big, massive chunk of plaster fell and hit him smack in the head. He stood up, and he said, Preacher, I'll double what I said. And one old deacon got so excited about what was going on, he said, Preacher, let him hit him again, hit him again, hit him again. Now, while I don't want anybody to get hurt, <laughs> I don't want you damaged. God only asked for 10% in the tithe. I mean, an offer. There's a second myth. The first myth is tithing is an option. Second of all is that tithing is under the law and not under grace. In Genesis 14, it tells us about a, name, a man named Melchizedek. And in Genesis 14, it says, Then Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought our brought out bread and wine, and he was the priest of the God of the Most High. And, and he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. And Abraham gave him a tithe of all. Now, if you know your biblical history, you know that during that time, that's before the law. And that tithing was a part of a response and love back to God and appreciating what God had given us before the law. So don't go holding up that I'm, under law, I'm not under the law, I'm under grace thing because it was prior to that. You see, it's been around a long time. Jesus said in Matthew 23, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. And he began to talking about the tithe and the tithe. And he, and he, he was talking about their... They're majoring on minors and not on, on majors. And, and all of a sudden, he said, now, look, it's okay. You should be tithing. And Jesus okayed the tithe. So if he was against it, wouldn't he have said, oh, don't worry about it. You don't have to tithe. I know it's tough. But a lot of the toughness comes because we can't balance our own home budget. We're in debt to credit cards. We're in debt to indebtedness. You know, some of you feel so much under pressure that you got to buy. I'm going to mess some of you kids up here now. I love you, but it's going to mess you up. I've got to buy my kid a car. No, you don't. No, you don't. Ask Joe and Josh. They didn't get any car paid for. You want to know why they didn't get a car paid for? Because this preacher didn't have the money. I got to pay their college. No, you don't. Ask Joe, he paying for, he's paying a $48,000 college debt on his own. Daddy don't have the money to pay it. You know why you guys fall and cave and under all the pressure? Because you got the money. I didn't have it. So, did my kids not go to college because daddy didn't pay it? No, they went. I told you kids I messed you up. <laughs> 
But you know what? The problem is we're making it too soft on everybody. My kids paid their own insurance. Their own gas. God forbid. <laughs> Preacher, you're, you're out of the archives, man. You, you are, you are, you're ancient. No, I'm not. I'd be the same way today. Because I saw now how they appreciate their cars. I see the way they, he, he appreciates his education because he's paying for it himself. It's not something you, you threw at him and, and then they went and done it and, and they, they just, they don't have the appreciation in the same one that paid for it. I'm telling you, I know what I'm talking about. There's a lot of things we could do for God if we'd realize that we're not as in debt as we think we are. Because a lot of it's your own bondage. It's just your own mindset. You won't find it in the Word of God. You want to release the power of the, of the open windows of heaven in your life? You want to realize that, you, that for you that's saying you can't afford to tithe? Let me tell you something. You can't afford not to. Again, I can only look back. Over here at 27 years, I could go on the other 10. But, man, when I started on this, this was a wild ride. We started with absolutely nothing. Wild ride. Do you want to do that again, Mike, and start another church? No! I do not. As a matter of fact, if I felt like that was going to be in my future, God let me have a heart attack right here behind the pulpit, and my wife will be fine. She can grieve on the beach for a week. <laughs> and then she can come back home and go to work. Earn her keep. Her own keep. Can't afford to tie. You know what the problem is? We don't want to. And you know what you're saying? I don't want the windows of heaven to be opened up to me. I don't want a blessing poured out on me that I can't, I'm not able to bear it. And, and I hear, well, I just can't give because I'm on a fixed income. Yeah, you can. Just do it. I did it. Do it. I can't give because I only got $50 yesterday. You owe five to God. By the way, you ain't giving to me. You ain't giving to Solid Rock. You're giving to God. And that's the only thing that unleashes the blessing. I'll, you'll never catch Mike Franklin in an offering. Oh, God. Oh, God. Take away the windows of heaven. Take away the blessing. I can't take it anymore. Son, he can send more on far as I'm concerned. I'm ready. And they ain't one of you in here pray that any prayer, anything like that. Most of us feel like we want to do more, but we don't have enough to finance it. You wonder why God does that? So you'll trust Him and not yourself. I've had to learn that the hard way for 27 years plus 10. If I had it all, 
in my pocket, I wouldn't give God any of the credit. I can't, God, I can't take any of the credit here. I have to give it all to him. I can't say, this ministry was built on the brains and the preaching ability of leading people to Christ of Mike Franklin. That'd be a lie. Because first of all, I'm not that good of a preacher. I'm not that great of a speaker. And I happen to know that Georgians don't like Tennesseans for the most part. You just tolerate me. You just put up with me. And by the way, I was here first. And I'm a little bit of a smart aleck, too. That's as far as I got in early service. Could you help us out with the food ministry? I'm not even going, I'll tell you this. I, I've done made a commitment that I'm going to do it. And, and I've been losing a little bit of weight here lately. I done went down to a size 34 to 32, and I bought 33s. and about to lose my britches now. <laughs> but I can stand to do without another meal. I can. But you know what? That's not the reason I want to do it. I read you some powerful verses. That when you're lending unto the poor, you're lending unto the Lord. Powerful stuff. But it also says to be a cheerful giver. And I don't want to twist your arm. I don't want to make you do anything. Because if whatever I got to make you do, you ain't going to stay with it. You'll quit. First, first little bit of trouble, I can't give. You know, I, I can't do that. And you'll quit. So just Pray. Because we're, we're out in the community. We'll start out in the community trying to go to other churches and pastors, trying to raise it up to about 500 people giving $8 a month. And some of you can do better than that. But don't hurt yourself, remember, the plaster. And I know some of you can't give what you don't have. I got it. I got it. I got a letter. You ever wonder if you're doing any good? I won't be able to see it. And, and, and she brags on me a little bit here, so don't, I, I, I take it that God gets the credit. Just a note to let you know that I pray for y'all regularly in the ministries of your church. God's using you in ways you will, ne- you will neither see nor know until he calls you home. I've been in prayer, a prayer counselor in the Will and Helpers for the last five years. I've grown as a prayer warrior listening to others pray. I've been encouraged by friends and I've made, that I've made it in the ministry and with regular clients, and God is so awesome. It's wonderful to see a pastor in a church with a vision and a heart for missions. Your leadership has really paid off biblically in our community. I look forward to the continued outreach of Solid Rock. Just know in your heart that you're greatly loved and used of God. And, and, and I want to tell you what, y'all are greatly loved and y'all are greatly used of God. And, you will con- and I will continue praying for you in Solid Rock. What this church does needs to do more of it because it is affecting people all around us that we know nothing about. Unfortunately, I hear people say this. Well, the church should not be involved in making money. Ministries shouldn't be involved in profit. I'm going to remind you. I've never received anything other than that from God who says, 
if you do what I tell you to do, I will give you such a blessing that you'll not be able to receive what I'm willing to give. If, is that net gain or net loss? By my definition, and I wasn't the greatest mathematician in the world, that's net gain. And who is the one giving it? God Almighty. So don't think that God won't bless you. And you don't think that God doesn't know what we do and what we don't do in terms of what he's given us and how we use it. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Father.